1: us something, wait a minute, you mean I don't have to worry about offending God, you know, I just gotta love him? If you love him, it's hard to offend him If I love my neighbor, it's hard for me to sin against them. For example, we look at the Ten Commandments Thou shalt have no other God before me Thou shalt, you know, not create an image Thou shalt uh, obey the Sabbath Because I love the Lord I would not break those commandments But if I'm going to look at each one, it's going to be impossible
0: As Christians, we might find ourselves overwhelmed by the sheer number of commandments in the Old Testament, with over 600 alone in the Mosaic Law. However, through the grace of Jesus Christ, we are saved. Today, Pastor Eddie emphasizes the importance of Jesus' sacrifice, which allows us to be saved through His grace. Jesus fulfilled the law, and as our great high priest, He made it possible for us to receive salvation and eternal life. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 7, as he continues his message, greatness of the new priest.
1: You and I, because we have we're under the great high priest Jesus Christ, not the Levitical Priesthood. Under the law because we have Jesus Christ as our great high priest. We're no longer under the law. We're under grace. And that's important for us to know. The law belonged to the Levitical priesthood where there was a sacrifice of of animals. Everything had to change. There was a change from the very beginning. And it just shows that Melchizedek came into the picture when Abraham met Melchizedek. God had that plan before Moses was in the picture, before Aaron, before the law. There was a plan that there was going to be a change in the priesthood. There was going to be a change in the law. Also, there was going to be a change in a tribe, in the tribe. Look at verse 13. He said, for he, speaking of Jesus Christ, our great high priest, of, of whom these things are spoken, belong to another tribe. From which no man has officiated at the altar. Talking about Oive three times. Oive, changing of the priesthood. Oive, the law. Now, there's a change in the tribe? Really? A tribe. Look at verse 13 changing of the tribe. For he, Jesus, of whom these things are spoken, belonged to another tribe, from which no man has officiated. At the altar. Verse 14, he goes on to say, For it is evident that our Lord, Jesus Christ, arose from, not Levi, Judah, of which Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. Now, the nation of Israel is made up of 12 tribes, and many of you know that. But two tribes stand out two tribes. Number one, the tribe of Levi. And the tribe of Judah, those two stand out because of those two, the tribe of Levi, you had the Levitical priesthood, right? The tribe of Judah, you have the king. So when you look at kings, the tribe of Judah, and it's pointing to Jesus Christ. And when you look at the genealogy, Jesus is not from the tribe of Levi. He's from the tribe of Judah. And for those of you who want to do research, it's in your Bible. You don't have to Google it. It's in your Bible. Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. If you go to the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew gives us the genealogy of Christ. It goes from Abraham to Christ in the Gospel of Matthew. You move over to the Gospel of Luke chapter 3. It goes from Christ all the way back to Adam. And the, that's the reason why the genealogies are there, saints. You know, when, and it talks about, it, it, it gives us also, the, it proves a fact that we live on a young earth, not billions and billions of years. Because if you look at the genealogy of Christ to Adam, is not billions and millions of years, my friends. Okay? But it also proves that Jesus fulfilled that messianic prophecy back in Genesis chapter 3. When the Lord cursed the serpent, he said, I'll put enmity between your seed and her seed. Speaking of her, Israel, her doesn't have a seed. It's usually the man. But it's speaking of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And Jesus did not come from the Levitical tribe. Uh, He's not part of the Levitical priesthood, but he's from the order of Melchizedek, not the order of Aaron. He is from the tribe of Israel. So, no, I, I could just picture the first readers of Hebrews you know, even if there were Gentiles there, they know. There's no. They knew what Judaism was about. They knew what the temple was about. And they're looking and saying, you know, they depended on the priests. You know, we live in a world where people depend on a leader. Sadly, whether it's Judaism or Christianity, we depend on a leader. The Jews, they depended on this leader. They looked at Moses. They looked at everyone. King David. And they looked at everyone. Now they, they looked at the priest. Now they found Jesus Christ, these, the early church, the uh, Jewish believers. They found Christ and they realized, wait a minute. I want to go back, but you're telling me that the priest that's in the temple now? I'm just thinking, going back to when this letter was right, written. You mean the, the priest that's in the temple now is no longer? No. It was a picture of the real priest, the great high priest, Jesus Christ. And so the Levitical priesthood was never perfect. The priesthood had to be changed. The law had to be changed. The tribe was changed. But it was all temporary. All temporary. Look at verse 15. He says, and it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises a Another priest. Another. Uh, The Greek word here, another, it doesn't mean another of the same kind. But the Greek word here means another of a different kind. It's not coming from Aaron. It's another kind. It is different because it's not from the order of Aaron. It's from the order of Melchizedek. Verse 15. And it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arise another priest. Verse 16. Who has come. not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, meaning not by the physical requirements of the tribe of Levi, but according to the power of an endless life. And so the power of endless life cannot be destroyed. It's speaking of Christ, who's, who's forever, okay? Now here in verse 17, he goes on, he's quoting Psalm 110, verse 4 again. He says, For he testified, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. He's speaking of Christ. Jesus Christ, the great high priest. He's eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. He was never created. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the first and the last. This was already planned by the Lord. The the, the Levitical priest was a picture The ephod with the gems of the 12th tribe of Israel, everything represented points to Jesus. And so he goes on in verse 18. He says, for on the one hand, there is annulling of the former commandments because of its weakness and unprofitableness. Verse 19, for the law made nothing perfect. The law made nothing perfect. Underline that in your Bibles. The Old Testament, the law is unknown. It was done away because it made nothing perfect. Later on, the writer of Hebrews, write in chapter eight, uh, Hebrews chapter eight, verse 13, in that he says, a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Now, don't misunderstand the law. And here is where you need to put on your thinking caps, okay? The law is perfect. The law is perfect, but it made nothing perfect. Paul writes about the law, how perfect. He said in Romans chapter 7, verse 12, he says, Therefore, the law is holy. It's holy. And the commandments holy and just and good. The the commandments, the law is holy, just, and good. And in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, he goes on to say, For we know that the law is spiritual. So what do we know about the law? It is holy, just, good, and spiritual. It made no one perfect. It made no one perfect. There are two things that the, the law made perfect. It perfectly made it clear that God is holy and that we are sinful. And that's the purpose of the law. The law was never given to man to fulfill. God knew man could never fulfill, not even the first commandment Thou shalt have no other God before me. How many gods do we have? TV, sports. I, I, I come to discover that's another religion over here. Our possessions, whatever you spend time on. The first law. And we're not talking about just the Ten Commandments, the Levitical law and the civil laws. We're, you know, we're talking about all of it. The you know, 613 commandments, not just the Ten Commandments. All 613. It was never given for man to fulfill. It was impossible for us to fulfill just one of the 613. But it was there to show how holy God is and how sinful we are. The second thing the Lord made perfectly clear that is that it's impossible to keep. Impossible to keep. Paul goes on to say. If you, if you break just one of the laws. You have broken them all. So you want to live by the law. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. You're not going to be able to do it. You can't even do the first one. But as Jesus said. I did not come to destroy the law of the prophets. But I came to fulfill it. Christ did. And so the law is perfect. But it never made man Perfect. Because who makes us perfect? Jesus Christ. And it's by grace. We have the, the the Levitical priesthood had the law, the law, the law. They themselves couldn't keep it. And every uh, priest after Aaron, all the way down to the last, they couldn't keep the law. It was hard for them to keep the law. But now we have the great high priest. We're no longer under the law, we're under grace. We're under grace. A law can make no one Perfect, it just points to a perfect God. And so when you look at the law, you say, oh, you mess, you you try to fulfill one, but you break 20 others. That's why when when they tested Jesus, the the Pharisees and the scribes, they tried to test Jesus. Of all the laws, which is the greatest commandment of them all? Try to trap him. Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two laws hang all the laws in the prophets. Whoa. They had nothing to say. And let me tell you, that is Christ spoke, but it shows us something. Wait a minute. You mean I don't have to worry about offending God? You know, I just got to love him. If you love him, it's hard to offend him. If I love my neighbor, it's hard for me to sin against them. For example, we look at the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not create an image. Thou shalt obey the Sabbath. Because I love the Lord, I would not break those commandments. But if I'm going to look at each one, it's going to be impossible. And then the other six, man, if if I love my neighbor, even my enemies, I would not lie to them. I would not steal from them. I would not covet what they have. You see, love helps us to fulfill the ultimate law, which is love. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, right? And so you see how simple it was with Jesus because he already fulfilled it. He's selling because of me, love. And when Jesus said, upon these two hang all the laws in the problem, what do you mean by hang? He hung on the cross. He hung on the cross. When he said it is done, finished, completed. You know, we look at the commandments, it's do's and don'ts. 248 do's and 365 don'ts. Do, 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 don't, don't, don't. And it's sad that even people today still want to obey some of those commandments. But when it comes to the cross, it's not do or don't, it's done, done, done. It is finished, telestai, the complete work of salvation. He has fulfilled the law. He's done it. He was perfect. And so that is the reason why now we have, he is qualified to be, which he is anyway, whether we qualify him or not, he is the great high priest. And we're no longer under the law, but under grace. Galatians chapter 3, verses 24, 25 again. Therefore, the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ. That's what it did. It shows how sinful we are. But once we come to Christ, he says that we might be justified. Justified by faith, not by works, not by the law. Justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. Now is the Holy Spirit that teaches us. You need to be more like Christ. Not condemn. There's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But it brings conviction to let us know, hey, listen. You messed up there. You sinned against your brother or your sister. Go, you know, repent and, 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 and go ask for forgiveness. The end of verse 19, he goes on to say, on the other hand comparing it to the Levitical priest, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Better hope. Now, we're just adding the list of better, aren't we? We began our study of chapter one that Jesus is better than the prophets. Jesus is better than the angel. He's better than Moses. He's better than Joshua. He's a better rest. He's the better priest. He's a great high priest. Now we come to he's a better hope. There's two more coming. (laughs) Two more betters in our study this morning. It points to Jesus Christ who's our hope. And all who surrender their lives to Christ has this hope, a better hope. Not a a hope that it's unsure of or a hope hoping something to have, but it's a hope expecting. Expecting to be with him. And because of that, we can draw near to God. And it is through Christ where the high priest was the only one that was able to go into the Holy of Holies in the temple. Now through Christ, we, can ha- we have unlimited access to Christ, to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through me. Now we can draw near to the Father. And that wasn't the case with the children of Israel. Sin kept them from God. They couldn't draw near to God because of Sin. They couldn't draw near to God because only the high priest can do that once a year. The law cannot help them draw near to God. How is grace through Christ? We have this hope. Now, the Levitical priesthood was changed from Melchizedek. Now, we have the law that's changed. Okay, it is now from Levi to to Judah. And now we see that the Levitical priesthood had no oath. No oath. There wasn't a swearing ceremony for the Levitical priesthood. Aaron became a priest. And every son after him, his descendants after him became a priest. There was no swearing ceremony. I mean, we have, in our nation, we have a president goes into office. He has a swearing. A governor. A mayor. But you know, the Le- Levitical priesthood, the priesthood according to the order of Aaron, did not swear in. But it's different with this one. This is Jesus Christ. Look at verses 20 and 21. He goes on to say, "And inasmuch as he was not made priest without an oath. Verse 21, for they, that's the Levitical priesthood, have become priests without an oath. But he, speaking of Jesus, With an oath by him, speaking of God the Father. In your Bible, some Bibles nowadays don't capitalize the "He" and "Him," referring to God. But it says, "It says, but He, Jesus, the Son of God, with an oath by Him, speaking God the Father, who said to Him, Jesus, the Lord, has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek." Again. I mean, he's really giving a commentary on Psalms one isn't he? And he's going back and He's showing that, hey, Jesus, you can, you can see everything in just that. Those simple, it's amazing. Just a few, a few lines. Just one verse. He's proving that, all that there's a change in the priesthood. There's a change in the law. There's a change in the tribe. All in one verse. And this all happened. This all was prophecy. This is a messianic prophecy. All happened before Moses. God had this plan from the beginning. And so not only was the Levitical priest a temporary. It was not forever. And also there was no oath. There was no oath. There was no swearing ceremony. One became a priest being born into the Levitical tribe of, and it had to be of, of, of Aaron. And they couldn't have a birth defect, by the way. But they all died off and evidently to be no more. God never made an oath with them. Never made an oath. However, Christ was sworn in by God the Father. Look at verse 22. It says, by so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. A better covenant. Another better. In in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6, it says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant. It's confirming that he's a better covenant, which was established on better promises. When we get to chapter 8, there's going to be another better, better promises. And this is why the theme of the letter, if you've been with this in the beginning, the theme of the letter of the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is better. Don't look to religion. Don't look to rules and rituals. Don't look at Judaism. Don't look at the temple of the high priest or man. Look to Jesus Christ. Now we can you see the theme. It's mentioned 13 times in the book of Hebrews. Now we see that the priest, that there is death in the priest. The priest, or the Levitical priest. So look at verse 23. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing Again, they all died off. You know, it is said that in the history of the nation of Israel, in the history of the nation of Israel, they had over 84 high priests, 84 high priests. That's not including the lesser priests. You know, you had a high priest and then you have priests. And one time you can have, we saw in second Chronicles, you know, um, that there was a priest and there were like 80 priests. Um, It's innumerable to find out how many lesser priests were there who worked alongside the high priest to serve in the temple and to serve alongside the high priest. 84, a lot. Think 83 too many compared to Christ, right? Verse 24, but he, Jesus Christ, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. We serve a God that's unchanging, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his priesthood never changes. Never changes. You know, we, you know, we think, God, you know, didn't you change your mind about cre- creating man? No. <laughs> we change our minds all the time. God knew what he was doing. He didn't say, oh, I made a mistake. He never said, oops, you don't hear that from heaven. He never changes. And his priesthood and all that was planned never changes. Verse 25 said, Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them.
0: Thanks for listening to Running the Race Radio with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie is leading us through a study of Hebrews. The series is called Jesus is Better, and you might be getting a clearer picture of the supremacy of Christ. Jesus represented everything in the Old Testament and fulfilled it so wonderfully. Maybe as you're listening today, you're just now realizing all the different ways that Jesus proved to be the Messiah, to be the one that had been promised and prophesied about. Through these scriptures, you're coming to a better understanding of the love, the grace, the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to be for you. It's humbling, isn't it? May these teachings continue to bring you closer to the Lord as you see His heart for you. Running the Race Radio is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, look us up right now. Head on over to runningtheraceradio.com. Once more, that's runningtheraceradio.com. When you get there, click back to the homepage for more information about the church, including directions and service times. We'd love to invite you to come and join us on Sunday mornings. And for those of you who live further away, we're delighted to let you know that on the same website, you can find many other messages from Pastor Eddie. That's at runningtheraceradio.com. Well, thanks for joining us today. We've come to the end of our time together. We will be back again next time, right here on Running the Race. See you then.